Well, welcome to the local youth worker. My name is Kirk Cooper. I've taken over for John and uh, we had to fire him because of, not for any moral failing, just because uh, he was really annoying and we couldn't handle him anymore. <laughs> and so anyway, my guest today is, oh, wait, my guest is John Parrott. My bad. What I meant to say, what? No, come on. That was good. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the local youth worker, a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. Um, I know there's been quite a bit of radio silence. Um, our, our dozens and dozens of fans have been asking me, um, hey, wh- why hasn't there been an episode of The Local Youth Worker? Um, we had planned on recording some over the summer at our uh, youth conferences, but we were just unable to. Um, honestly, it was really pretty busy and never had time to really sit down and record an episode, even though I really wanted to. Um, and then wanted to start it up last week or a couple weeks ago and my computer has crashed. So the good thing is it's just the screen. Um, and, uh, hopefully they can get that repaired and get that back to me. So no hard drive issues or anything like that, but we're not just going to talk about my computer and all the episodes we didn't record. Uh, this is riveting. (laughs) I know. I was thinking everyone's on the edge of their seats. Um, tell me more about your computer screen, John. (laughs) (laughs) and that's part of the reason I started out uh, this podcast with Kurt Cooper is that comment right there Um, I knew Kurt I was just giving him ammunition uh, to unload on me but uh, if you've listened to the local youth worker uh, for for any time I mean this is episode I believe episode 331 Uh, Kurt has been on several of those Um, he's recorded parenting today with us and we do hope to start that back up Kurt's raising his hand I believe I was on episode number one. Oh yeah, you were. That's I think right. I was. Yeah. And uh, again, those who've been with us for a long time know that we broke those into five podcasts. And so we'd have it Monday oh, through Friday. So he was yeah, right. one through five. Um, yes. Yeah. Those are the, the good old days. I don't know if that's an auspicious or inauspicious beginning. I, I don't know what the word <laughs> auspicious means. I know one of them, it's bad. Anyway, <laughs> that's the one I meant was the one that's bad. We'll have to look that up. You can do that um, right now. But uh, Kurt, it is funny. I do remember that first episode when we were recording it. There was a, we were at Laguna Beach and there was a horrible storm mm-hmm. going on. And so I think even in the audio, you can hear some of the, the thunder. And that was the that second happened. time that we reported it because the first time we recorded it was at uh, Alasso Ranch. You're right and, in Texas. And there were plates banging in the background. And so yeah. from the dinner or whatever. So mm-hmm. you, that we actually record that two times. Good memory. This is yeah. also riveting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, we, we did want to get something out there uh, for, for everyone. Uh, we don't necessarily have a theme for this season. Um, there, there are some guests we have scheduled, and part of what we're going to talk about today is related to um, a guest, uh, Sam Alberry, who's going to be coming on in a few weeks, uh, Lord willing. Uh, Kurt, before we, we jump into that, uh, I'd love to just kind of hear a little recap from the summer. Uh, just out of curiosity, I know you come to RYM Summer Conferences, do you do other trips on top of that? Do you have a mission trip that you typically do in the summers? What, what does your summer look like with your students? Well, um, yes and no. Uh, in the past, we've done mission trips during spring break 
Uh, and we have a relationship with Isaiah 55, which is a ministry in Reynosa, Mexico to uh, deaf children. Uh, they basically uh, began deaf education in this state of Mexico. Uh, the, the state, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the state, but it's, Mexico is the United States of Mexico. They have states as well. And whatever state the city of Reynosa is in, they started the deaf education there. And we usually work with them. But because uh, the border is closed, you can fly into Mexico, but you cannot drive in and out of Mexico. Um, we have not been able to go. So we had a mission trip planned uh, for the summer. We've had two mission trips canceled because of coronavirus. We had a mission trip to Sacred Road in Washington State with the Yakima Indian Reservation canceled in 2020 in May. And then this year in 2021, we have been planning to take a group to Reynosa. And that is also the border is not uh, secure enough for us to be able to go uh, to get back in. We could get into Mexico, but we then we couldn't get back to the United States. So we haven't been able to take a mission trip. But normally, yes, we would do mission trips. We try to do a mission trip. For a while there, we were doing a mission trip every year. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to talk about that any further without venturing into the political realm. So I'm just going <laughs> to say it sure would be nice if we could figure out what's happening at the border so we could do missions anyway. It's yeah, it's probably best to stop right there, Kurt. So <laughs> okay. thanks for the, the verbal breaks. Um, no, I do remember you talking about uh, yeah, partnering with that ministry. You said Isaiah what, 50, 55. 55, okay. Uh, Reynosa, Mexico. Um, you've been doing that, you said, since you've been at Trinity? Uh, pretty much. They, uh, the, the, uh, the Mary, there's a married couple that founded that ministry and they're from Montgomery and they were members of our church. Okay. So, uh, so we have a, and they still have family, uh, um, and, and, you know, brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews and, and, and grand nieces and nephews all in our church. So we're just kind of uniquely tied to that ministry and it's a really good ministry too. Um, and if you're looking for a place to send your, to take your students when it opens back up, I can't, uh, recommend it enough. I love those people. They're really good. Um, it's anyway. So normally we would do that. We didn't. Uh, but the question was, what else do we do besides RYM? And the answer is because of that, not much um, outside of Montgomery, outside of what we would do regularly in town. Um, we uh, we went to middle this year. We went to middle school, Florida, and we went to high school, Florida, too. And that was awesome. And it was really good to be back. Our students missed it. I missed it. Uh, I. I could tell that people were uh, really happy that RYM had uh, had returned and that people missed it. And it was really fun to catch up with other groups too. You know, we we saw uh, you know some of our our youth group friends, um, our, our friends of our group uh, who we don't normally see on a regular basis, and that was really cool too. So yeah, no, I'll definitely second that for sure. It was awesome uh, to have conferences back this summer and get to see a lot of people. I mean, we had to limit, you know, some of our conferences as far as numbers, just to try to have some kind of <laughs> social distancing taking place. I know anyone who attended would kind of laugh at, at that, but at the same time, trying to be sensitive and trying to help where we can. Um, but yeah, it was refreshing just to be back together and to have worship together and see all those friends that you um, make in ministry. And yeah, it was, it was great. It was um, a quick sidebar statement. 
uh, I remembered while I was talking about my computer, Kurt. Okay. Cause I see your microphone as you're sitting there talking to me. I did want to give a shout out to Chris Holland, um, who was also at our conferences this summer, all the way out in Arizona. And he purchased a microphone for this podcast, uh, just because he's an awesome, generous guy. And, um, I don't have that, that microphone today, <laughs> uh, using air, our AirPods, earpods, whatever earbuds can't even get that right. And so, Kurt's got a nice microphone. I've got these and I'm not getting to use the microphone that Chris bought. So just shout out to Chris out there and hopefully get that before too long. But Kurt, something I was thinking. I love Chris Holland, by the way. I've said this before, but he is one of the best at what he does. So Mm -hmm. he's uh, Catalina Foothills Church. I actually spoke at a retreat for their middle school retreat this summer. So I actually flew out to Arizona. I've seen Chris recently and, uh, and anyway, just awesome dude. Um, and, uh, yeah, I will say, you know, John Stone was the main speaker at, um, and he's the senior pastor at Catalina, Fo- Catalina Foothills in Tucson. And every one of John Stone's illustrations, in fact, my students kept saying this, was about how dangerous this, the Arizona is and how everything is trying to kill you in Arizona and how it's blazing hot and there are cactuses and there's mole rats or I don't remember what else he said. And there's copperhead or there's snakes, rat rattlesnakes, and there's all this stuff. And also that it's burning up hot all the time. So when I got ready to go to Arizona to speak a retreat, I was prepared, right? <laughs> and it, he said it never rained or whatever. Well, it rained every day I was there. I didn't see one thing that tried to kill me. And it was like 65 degrees. I was not packed at all. I turned out I was in a different part of Arizona from Tucson. I was and apparently that elevation makes a difference. But I just wanted to call John Stone out and say, hey, listen, <laughs> Arizona, you know, it's multifaceted, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, and, and now obviously we're going to have to have John Stone on the podcast just to be able to respond to that. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there, but no, definitely want to second everything you said about. Do you remember when we did a podcast with John Stone and he was making a sandwich while I was talking to <laughs> I do remember that. Yes. We, we had to edit a good bit. Um, or I guess we, I had to edit a good bit, yeah. but no, look, I want to second everything you said about Chris Holland. Hopefully we can get him <laughs> on the podcast and I know he does a, a lot of podcasting too. Um, but Kurt, when, when I was doing youth ministry, um, I know the summers were awesome and I loved it. I loved, and again, this is before I was on staff with RWAM. I loved going to RWAM with our students um, and then going on a mission trip. Uh, and then we typically, you know, have a study that we were doing weekly at home and then <clears throat> kind of conclude the summer with a game night that was always awesome and kind of signified the, the end of summer and starting up a new year. And that can also mark for me a break where I got to just typically go on vacation sometime in August, maybe mid-August, and just kind of check out. And I definitely needed that because, you, you know, you're coming off a busy summer and then you're getting geared up for the fall. And it was just kind of a reset for me. Um, how, how's that for you when you kind of transition from the summer into the fall? I know everyone does ministry different. And any thoughts you'd like to share on um, that that have been helpful for you in ministry? Um, well, ours, ours is timed a lot differently because, you know, we come back from RYM, you know, in about the middle of July from week two. And then typically our mission trip, if we have it in the summer, is going to be that next week. So um, and we also have a ministry for younger girls that goes on here called Created for a Purpose, which is awesome. But that happens sometime around there as well. But then uh, we've only got 
we don't have very long until school begins. I think my son started school on August 8th uh, or 7th. I don't remember the exact day, but very early in August, I can tell you that. Um, so we just kind of, and we start midweek activities as soon as school starts. Um, so we kind of roll right into school. The, the, our lull is, um, if there's a lull time for us, it's toward the end of May um, and April. Like April and May is when you get on the backside of Easter. And then that's really where you spend a lot of time gearing up for the summer. But we just kind of, uh, at the same time, you know, we, I feel like our church, I'm not talking about the youth ministry now, I'm talking about our church in general, kind of um, like shifts into a lower gear during the summer. Whereas we don't, we kind of, ramp up so while our church is kind of like the youth ministry is kind of like downshifting into school year time right so we're we're doing a little bit less than we would be doing normally in the summer our church is actually ramping back up and all these things are happening once so it's kind of weird it kind of separates the youth ministry from the rest of the church because we we don't run and that's kind of typical i think for most people you know we don't run on the same schedule as everybody else, as far as when our like really big times are, are really, really like busy times. And that's true on a micro and a macro level, because not only is it true, like yearly, like where we ramp up and where the church kind of like downshifts, but it's also true, like on a weekly basis too. Um, you know, uh, we, we do a lot of things that don't end at five o'clock or at six o'clock in the youth group. Um, not just on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights, but, if you're going to games or, um, or, you know, I I've the last two mornings, this isn't me bragging. This is, I think this is just like normal, but for the last two mornings, like I've gotten up at, you know, really early and had Bible studies for different groups in the mornings before eight, obviously before they have to get to school. And one of our schools starts at seven ten. it's insane. So we have to have the Bible study at like six fifteen. Wow. Um, Yeah. Anyway, it's a like a it's a it's a magnet school or I don't know what a charter. I don't anyway. That's people don't want those details, but they're really smart kids. I'll just say that they send a ton of kids to the Ivy League. Um, but anyway, so our the time in which we do our ministry is different from, or the the times when we are busy is different from the times where it might be an adult ministry or children's ministry. Um, so. Our time, you know, our time for rest or our time to recharge or to plan, you know, for me, it's usually like in those first few weeks of school when, you know, all the students are at school. You have that seven hour window from eight to three, typically, where, you know, you're not going to be doing a lot of ministry. You're not going to be, you know, hanging out with students. So it's the time to write your lessons for Wednesday nights or for Sunday nights or for Sunday morning, you know, and write your Sunday school and do your reading and do your study and also, um, and plan out, <laughs> you know, we do a retreat in January. So find speakers and do those kind of things. Um, that that's, that's the time to get those things done. I don't even know if that's what you wanted, but that's kind of how it works here. No. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's helpful to just kind of hear, different people's routines and schedules and again everybody does things differently and it's always helpful for me uh, to hear how how people did certain things and it just helped me kind of reevaluate what I did and um, all those things so no I, I think that's helpful um, 
Kurt, some of what I wanted to talk to you uh, about today um, is an upcoming podcast that we're going to have, again, Lord willing, uh, with Sam Alberry. Um, he's released a book, I believe it was this summer. Actually, I can look. Um, I think it's going to list this somewhere right here. But uh, yeah, August. So just last month. Um, the book is entitled What God Has to Say About Our Bodies. Subtitle, How the Gospel is Good News for Our Physical Selves. Um, so Kurt, I'd love to hear, you know, just a little bit about what kind of questions your students are bringing to the surface about just their physical bodies. What, what are some of the common issues you're dealing with? Um, there's a lot of obvious ones I'm sure we would, uh, be thinking of, but uh, well, the first thing I thought of was eating disorders, hmm. but, um, you know, I, we, we don't have. I'm not saying those don't exist on the male side of our ministry, but, um, but they're, they're certainly, um, they're less common than, uh, with our girls. And, uh, I know that's something that, uh, Shay, our girls ministry coordinator, Shay Henry, uh, and her predecessor, Mary Cam Shaw, uh, and her predecessor, Elisa Jones, all of them, uh, have all, talked about how big of an issue that is, uh, and how, uh, how obsession, I don't want to even call it obsession, how an idolizing your body or how you look or really, and it's not even how you look or your body. It's really about how other people perceive your body. That's really what you're idolizing, but, um, and how you perceive it. Um, but, uh, that that would be one major issue, uh, you know. But I, I think just in a general sense, I, I like to talk about working out and exercise and diet with our students because it's an avenue to talk about the gospel. Uh, when we talk about our own sanctification and our own growth, it's just a really common sense way, a handle to have on how you grow in Christ, you know, no one gets good at something by not practicing it. <laughs> um, you know, you don't, no one has ever improved at something by refraining from it. Um, you know, uh, you're not going to get good at anything like that. And, you know, that kind of common sense mentality, you know, if you drink, you know, we have fellowship at my house on Sunday nights and we have a refrigerator out in the garage that has the fellowship drinks and it typically has Coca-Cola Sprite. Dr. Pepper and waters. Those are typically like the four and sometimes some we'll have some diet drinks in there, but for the most part, that's what we have and water more than anything else. And what's, what's wild is just how in the height of the sports season, how no one drinks or so few of the boys at least drink uh, sodas, um, you know, and when soccer and volleyball are going on, it's the girls too. Like they just, they'll only drink water all the time. Curry, yeah, and, let me just, Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to interrupt it to ask you, was it was it this way when you were in high school? Because it, it was no. not for me. No. I mean, I, I definitely, you know, I played soccer most of my life and was fairly active. And, I mean, I played at our high school as well as like a rec league. And so it was almost year-round I was playing soccer. And I don't know if I ever had a coach say, lay off the soft drinks or anything like that, or even like what, no. what I, my diet should look like. What we put into our bodies is more analyzed now. What students put into their bodies is way more analyzed now than it was when I was, 
you know, I ran cross country and I'm not saying that I was good, but I was probably faster than most of the people listening to this when I was in high school. Now I couldn't even run a mile, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I could, but I might die at the end. I don't know. So, but, uh, but I was, you know, I was a pretty decent runner. So I'm just going to go ahead and interrupt you. Give us your time. Let's, let's hear it, Kurt. Like a personal best. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, you're not bragging I'm under 18 you. minutes for, uh, for a, a 5k. So, um, let's just say that not a lot under 18, but under 18 and, uh, but that's not really that awesome. I mean, I've had students who can run in the 14s. So, um, in the 15s. So, and that was like, that's like really going, but anyway, all that to say, and maybe I could have too, if I wasn't like, if I didn't drink Mountain Dew every day and eat, chips ahoy chewy cookies like they were going out style um i had no um no one was ever focused on what i what i put into my body um but now obviously yeah and so you're you're now my students are very aware of of carbohydrates and of uh sugar and they they pay you know and i think as as people have come to understand that the food pyramid was a lie (laughs) and and it's probably part of the reason why people in America are such poor health. I think people have understood that and that's that adults have understood that. And now that's found its way to children and, and our students are trying to perform at their highest level. Right. And they're trying to look for any kind of advantage they can get. And, um, you know, we had, Breakfast this morning. I had breakfast this morning with one, two, three, four, six uh, high school boys. Five of them play football. One of them just plays basketball. And uh, none of them, we were at a restaurant and none of them got a soda. Every one of them either got water or Gatorade or Powerade or whatever, or orange juice. Um, and uh, that would not have been the case when I was in high school. That's a big shift. So thinking about what you put in the, your body, that has a direct, you know, think about what you're putting in your heart, like what your eyes are seeing, you know, and what your mind is focusing on and what your ears are listening to. Like, you know, there's a, there's a nice little handle there for our students, you know, like what, just recognizing that what you, what you in, what you intake, well, what it, you know, what you take in is effect is going to have an effect on you. And just even that point recognizing that point, is helpful. I think when talking yeah. about spiritual things. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so you said, I mean, this is a major issue for, for all of your students. And so you try to, you know, get from diet, exercise, all those things to the gospel. And so is mm-hmm. that typically how you get your, your foot in the door is just, I mean, that analogy right there, what are some other avenues in which you try to share the gospel with your students through that lens? Oh, well, I mean, mostly, you know, I, I think it's dangerous. I mean, every illustration can be like, can come back and you can shoot yourself in the foot with it because if you focus too much, I would, I don't talk about it all the time. It's not like I talk about diet and exercise all the time, but, um, but if you did, it could be really easy to take that and to turn it into like legalism and, 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 you know, being a Pharisee, uh, you know, uh, we have to remember that, you know, we, you know, to, we're really going to stretch the analogy here, but we ate nothing but junk, you know, but Jesus takes all our trans fat (laughs) and gives us, you know, 
pure protein or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like um, he, that there's, so you have to be careful about that. But I think sometimes my students will say things like, you know, I don't really feel like that close to God, or I don't feel connected. Um, I don't feel, you know, connected to the church or, you know, I, I don't, you know, I just don't really feel like I'm growing in Christ. And lots of times I'll just say to them, well, you know, how much time are you spending reading your Bible or praying or attending church or, you know, I'm not saying that these things make you a Christian, but they definitely affect the way that you experience your Christianity. And it's the same thing as if like, you know, someone was like, I just don't feel very athletic today. You know, all I've had to eat are, you know, Doritos and, (laughs) you know, uh, I started to say beer. Hopefully none of my students say that, but you know, like all, all my, all, you know, some or soda, you know, well, of course, right. Of course you don't feel like you've put junk into your engine and now you're wanting your engine to like really perform. It's not going to perform. Well, if you're not, if you're depriving your spiritual engine of the food, you know, Jesus says it's his food to do the will of the father. And he also says that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that, comes from the mouth of God. So if you deprive your engine of food, you shouldn't be surprised when your engine is when the check engine light comes on, yeah. right? Like that, you know, so um, I think it's sometimes it's really helpful for students to talk about in a really practical way. Um, because sometimes I think it's very easy to internalize. Like if you don't feel close, if you're not, if you don't feel emotionally close to God, if you don't feel, if you're not really experiencing it, like it's easy to fall into this thing and be like, Oh, well maybe, maybe I didn't ever really believe, or, you know, maybe, you know, and the, I think the enemy can use it to say like, Oh, well, you know, God can never love someone like you see how you can't even, you know, you can't even muster up the feeling or you can't even. And I think it's better to talk to students and be like, Hey, you know, like God is a God who works through ordinary and extraordinary means. If you're not availing yourselves of the means of grace, you shouldn't be surprised that you're not really experiencing, you know, monumental spiritual growth. Yeah, no, that that's helpful, um, Kurt. It, yeah, I mean, our students need to to hear that, um, and and yeah, I mean, hopefully that is just a very practical application that they can uh, see from their own life, uh, lives. Um, Kurt, what are some other questions that, that you're dealing with that are related to the body? Um, um, really kind of main ones that come to the surface. Yeah, well, you know, well, I don't know how deep we want to go into this, but not only do students, do my students think a lot about their bodies as far as like athletic performance is concerned, but obviously, um, you know, I think across the spectrum of high school students that, um, a lot of people are using their body as capital, um, in or in order to, uh, in order to gain a status. Uh, I think you don't have to, you want to be a little more explicit in what you mean? I, I yeah. I mean, I think, you know, like girls, uh, and boys, um, think about their body as an asset in order to gain what they want. Um, you know, uh, and, and to exploit it, uh, in order to be thought of as pretty or handsome or 
or athletic or fit or whatever you want to use, um, whatever words you want to use. I mean, I think that's, uh, and there's definitely, I mean, there always has been, and I think always will be to some degree, a hierarchy uh, that can develop around that. And I think people, um, they, they, uh, they use our students, uh, and I'm not picking on my students here. I think students in general, just use their bodies as a way to um, as a way to establish their status. Right. Um, and the, you can see this in what they put on their stories and how they post um, and uh, the way, you know, they, they do that. I mean, I think, you know, I'm trying to so, be careful here. Obviously, well, and, and I was going to say, you know, as you're talking, obviously you, you've got to be careful. It's very, sensitive subject are you able to bring this up to them are you able in large group to kind of address it in a general sense yeah and i think i think the way that you do it is is you know people will um sometimes people fish for compliments right like they'll they'll say people will poor mouth and they'll say like oh, i'm just no good and sometimes what that is is someone just begging you to like give them positive affirmation right mm-hmm. Um, or people will do things that are funny, like they'll name drop, right? Like they're like, if they know someone famous, right? Like, like if we're having this podcast and you're like, oh, well, I co-wrote a book with Ligon Duncan. I might look at John name dropping. You know what I mean? That's true about John, by the way, he did co-write a book with Ligon Duncan. So, um, he, uh, but he's so frustrated that I mentioned that right now. I wish y'all could see his face, but people do things like that, um, where, they want to like receive praise, but they don't want to make it seem like they are looking for that praise. And one way in which students do that is they will post pictures, right, of themselves and their friend will be like, why did you post that picture? I don't look good in that picture. And the friend will be like, well, but I look awesome in that picture, right? Or like, you know, they, they, you know, we should have a, you know, girls are way better at this because it's a form of subtlety. And, you know, I just feel like girls are better at subtlety than boys in general, um, speaking stereotypically. Uh, but you know, they do think you're able to kind of talk about that being like, Hey, everyone knows what you're doing when you put that picture online. Like everyone understands what's happening. It's not like, um, it's, it's, everyone sees it, right? Like you see it when people name drop and you know, you see it when people fish for compliments and the same way that that's clumsy and awkward and, and obvious. Also the way in which, you know, um, your, uh, your, all your spring break pictures, you know, um, you know, are you in a swimsuit? Everyone sees that. Right. And, and they know what's happening, what's happening, right? Uh, it's not like you were in a swimsuit all during spring break, but all the pictures that you posted from spring break seem to indicate that you were in a swimsuit the entire time. Um, interesting. Like that, you know, so there's kind of a ways to like get at it subtly, but you have to be careful because you're not trying to like. Um, you don't want to just heap shame and guilt upon them. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to, but you want them to be, you know, um, you want them to be thinking about that. And and you also want want people to, I mean, where this conversation is headed is, you know, you want people to not, you want your students to not think about people as the sum of their parts, mm-hmm. right? 
not that's not only their personality but also like their body parts right like that's one of like the tricks of um i know a guy who wrote a book about teaching little kids about you know worldly images um it's called not if but when um and he's real pretentious um, but anyway but he has some good points and <laughs> it's john parrot guys i'm talking about him again but you know one of the things in that book is you know how you know in pornography and they they focus on people's body parts not on the person right like um and like that's one of the like characteristics of pornography and like that is something that happens before pornography if that makes sense like that's something that you know we 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 can almost encourage that kind of thinking um by focusing on people's bodies if that makes sense i don't know if this has been helpful at all but i think that's what i'm trying to get at that totally is i mean goodness you just think of the the shift in our culture of like it's hard for me to try to put myself in the shoes of students and I think, I mean, I made this comment just the other day of, you know, if YouTube would have been around when I was a teenager, what kind of dumb stuff would I have posted on YouTube? Would I have done, you know, pranks? You see pranks all the time on on YouTube. And I, you know, liked to do pranks as a teenager. It's like, what would I have done? And so similarly. You'd have been fine, but I would probably be, you know, <laughs> I, no, I would not have been fine. <laughs> knowing our personalities it's very good that i well, didn't have social media yeah and i'm definitely a different person today than I, I was when i was a teenager but um what would i have been like had my coaches stressed the diet i was on and had mm-hmm. instagram been around and and all of that and so i'm just thinking of how this has dramatically shaped our students and what they're processing and so it's just I think it's well, helpful from the standpoint of you're bringing this to the surface and every youth worker listening to this needs to be aware of this dramatic shift and how, how can we be speaking to it? How can we be applying the gospel to it? I mean, hopefully some of what um, Sam Albury has written in this book is, is going to be helpful to this specific issue. I know it's addressing a ton. Um, and I want to get to a, another question, but go ahead, Kurt. Well, I was just going to say, I think that one, I think the positive side of it is, is that I think students are more disciplined now than they were, mm-hmm. or some students are more disciplined now and they're more knowledgeable and we can, we can use that discipline. Um, I mean, we're in the business of making disciples. It comes from the same word, right? Mm-hmm. But they're, you know, whether it's taking pre-workout, you know, or just working out in general and being, um, I've had so many students who weren't that good at football, right? But they, they just, they just took football workouts and they just kept going afterwards. Um, and whether they're pursuing vanity, they just want to be praised for their body or whether they feel good about it. I don't know. There's like a balance there. Right. Because sometimes people are just working out so that they'll for it's, it's, it's a complete exercise in vanity. And other times people are, you know, like, man, I just feel good when I, um, when I, when I work out and I want to, I want to feel good and feel good about myself and, and, um, and, you know, get the most out of the body that God's given me. And I think you have to strike a balance between that, but just that discipline to be able to do that. I think you can take over to uh, the spiritual side of things. And then also I think the the negative of it is, is that they're, you know, the people who are the most fit are often the most or the most, you know, conscious of their bodies are often the most vain too. They're most, they're most self-centered, the most focused on themselves. Um, and, and that, that's a danger, obviously. Mm-hmm. And that can be used, you know, you know, 
that that can be turned on its head as well but sure. um but yeah, yeah. No, no, i like how you yeah focus on both the yeah, positive and negative there i think that's important for us to to see that there are you know positives we can quickly jump to the negatives and the concerns and create fear so it's important to highlight some of the positives there uh kurt i'd love to um give you a little bit of time on this too but uh what, what question would you ask Sam Albury um, about this issue, specifically from youth ministry? And just to give you a little bit of time there, as I ask that, reminding people the name of the book is What God Has to Say About Our Bodies. It's through Crossway. Um, Paul well, Tripp wrote the forward to it. Um, just a little bit about kind of the breakdown. There's three sections in the book, uh, Created Bodies Part 2, Broken Bodies, and then Part 3, Redeemed Bodies, so that creation, fall, redemption, um, framework. Uh, I mean, he gets into a lot. I know at the, I haven't finished the book. I know he talks briefly about tattoos in the beginning. Um, he deals a lot with, uh, shame and affliction and, um, well, I guess a lot there, but go ahead, Kurt. I'm sure what he's going to say, which is, you know, this is one of the hardest things for students to understand is, is that your body is not yours. Mm-hmm. Right now we think about our body as the most like personal part of who we are. Right. Like we, we, you know, one of the big, I would say one of the more powerful arguments. And again, hear me when I say this, I'm not necessarily agreeing, but I'm just going to say that one of the more powerful arguments in the pro choice side is my body, my choice. You can't tell me what to do with my body. Right. And I think that gains a lot of traction for a reason. And the reason is, is that people feel like their body is theirs, mm-hmm. right? And that's one of the big, like, fundamental um, presuppositions that Christians don't have, right? Because we don't see our body as ours. We see it as God's, you know, as 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 a gift from God. Um, and yet, you know, and there's a, so the body is deeply personal, and yet, you know, it's also something that you've been given, right? We can't even imagine what it would be like to not have a body, right? Even though we're told that we'll have redeemed bodies um, and we're, you know, when we die, our soul is separated from our body. And, um, you know, even that right there, we just can't really, you know, I can't. So all that to say is that the body is very personal and because it's very personal, we tend to think about it as ours, and because we tend to think about it as ours, we don't necessarily listen when people tell us what to do with it. But it changes the dynamic when you think the body is not yours, it's God's. You know, that God's giving you this body and it's not your right to abuse it, um, to um, to do with it whatever you want, that it's, it's um, a gift and that you're to be a good steward of it. And that ought to change the way that we think about um, our bodies. Uh, and I think that's one, maybe one of the biggest things that students, you know, because, and you have to remember junior high and high school students, like they're also either in the midst of, or on the heels of like a gigantic shift in their bodies, right? Because puberty happens at 10, 11, 12, 13. I don't know what age it happens, but you know, somewhere in there it happens and their body dramatically changes. and. Um, and so, and there, and that has all these issues, you know, with it as well, because you've got the kids who are like the, you know, who are the early bloomers who 
you know, like they develop fast and then they're usually really good athletes and they, you know, they, you know, look more proportioned and better than, you know, the kid who, whose arms hang down to his knees, you know, because he's still, you know, like he's, he's going to grow to be six, four, but right now he's six, one with six, four limbs. And, um, you know what I mean? And, and he's, you know, to tell him, oh, this body is a gift to you. You know, he's like, well, it doesn't really feel like that. It feels like it's really hard to handle and it doesn't, you know, um, but so I think probably one of the things that I would ask him is, is how do you communicate to people whose bodies are undergoing massive change? And I think this would apply to people who are pregnant, um, you know, or people who are, um, aging as well, but uh, maybe the most when it comes to puberty, I'm trying to think if there's another like real dramatic change in your body other than that, but, um, yeah, maybe even affliction and injury, you know, where yeah. Oh, well, it's certainly, you know. But how would you, how do you, how does it change how you communicate these things to them or uh, anyway, so that would be one thing that I'd want to know. And then how much of our body is, you know, are, we know that our body is simple. Jesus says, it's not the things out there. It's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out of the heart. So we know that our bodies are sinful. Um, how do you strike a balance between saying, okay, this is my body and I need to take care of it. And at the same time being like, this is my body and it's not all the way on my team. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, I'm going to have to, not only am I going to have to, am I called to like use it and be a good steward of it, but I'm also called to fight against it too. So in anyway. a metaphorical and real sense to the flesh that scripture yeah. talks about. Yeah, yeah exactly. Broken flesh. Broken flesh. That's, that's an interesting question. Um, that's good. Kurt, look, there's, there's a lot more we, we could talk about, obviously, uh, issues surrounding the body that we deal with in student ministry, but I think this was good just to discuss and to, to bring some of these issues to the surface, to get other youth workers thinking about these issues and hopefully bringing them up in their, uh, ministries. I know we're about to close out, but you want to say something else? No, I was just going to say, if this is the time in our staff meeting, um, at church, we have a thing called trash on the table where, this is where we cover all the things that, you know, like the random odd bits that are left over from the meeting. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to say this is out of left field. Okay. So be ready for this. Um, I can tell John is excited. Uh, but my children have discovered Bluey. Do you know who oh, Bluey yeah. is? Yes. Yeah. I, I think we may need to have a podcast about Bluey. Uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. It's amazing, actually. Yeah. It's really good. It's mm-hmm. like some of the best like children's entertainment I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Anyone, if you have Disney plus check out Bluey, um, the episodes are maybe si- seven minutes or so. Mm. And, um, there's actually one episode with a hymn that's played. Like I know it's a tune from a hymn. Are you talking about, uh, Bingo's dream when they play yeah. God, Oh God, beyond all praising. Yes. That's it. Yeah. And, and that, that was awesome. I saw it last week. Um, I saw that, that, that episode last week. And uh, cause my sons love that episode because they think it's hilarious what they do in their dreams. And then also like what they're actually doing in their sleep. Um, yeah. But, uh, but also that's what the bride at this wedding came down to was um, uh, God beyond all praising. And yep. um and then they play it at the end when she, um, when Bingo is going toward the sun in her dream. And I was like, 
am I just hearing this in my head? Yeah. Cause I knew I was going to hear that song later. Um, but yeah. Uh, I, I leaned over to my wife in that wedding yesterday. That was in bluey. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, I mean, it's, it's a creative story. It's, um, awesome family. I mean, yeah. the, the parents are not idiots. The parents yeah. are loving and involved. Smart. And, yeah. The I parents mean, are actually smart and they actually parent. The ice cream yeah. episode is unbelievable. The ice cream episode <laughs> when he's like, well, you learned a valuable lesson and Bluey's like, but I don't want to learn a valuable life lesson. I want ice cream. <laughs> My, Campbell yeah. and I crack up at that every time that it happens. Um, uh, listen, want- yeah, this was completely out of left field, but no, I am glad you're bringing it up. I'm, I'm kind of shocked and maybe I've missed it that, you know, the gospel coalition or, or someone hasn't done some kind of article on it yet because um, yeah, it's just an awesome thing. I know their season three might be coming out soon, but if you haven't checked it out, it, it's well, like parents can watch with their children and both enjoy it. And uh, it is, it is from Australia. We should say yep. that. Yeah. yeah. And Austra- and again, not to get too political, but Australia is almost in like it, they're in a bad way right now Um, to say, I think I can safely say it's a tough scene in Australia right now. So I don't know who, what's going to happen if the future of Bluey is in, in, in doubt, but the first two seasons are amazing. Um, They, uh, they really are amazing. A sticky gecko got to watch it. It's like one of the top episodes um, bingo's dream. And then uh, uh, obviously, and then the ice cream one, the ice cream one is just like, says everything about parenting that I need to say. Um, <laughs> Bingo's dream might be uh, sleepy time. I think that's sleepy the, time. That's what it's called. Yeah. That's the name of the episode. So, yeah. well, look, Kurt, um, like I said, I had wanted to start this podcast back sooner, but it's always good to have you on and, and thank you for just kind of helping get it kicked off. Um, as we're still thinking of a theme, who knows? I mean, we might end up just kind of zooming in on this body theme and kind of looking at it from different angles bluey um, episode breakdowns that's what we're <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the next season uh we could spend a lot i'm of time here on. for that i'm ready for bluey totally. episode breakdowns <laughs> yeah yeah but kurt appreciate you thanks so much for just your ministry at trinity uh, faithfully serving students there and uh, for coming on the podcast today hope you have a good one all right see you later john Yeah.